0: I'm trying. To... I am stunned. Okay, can I... stunned that we're going once a week. Can I say one thing about that? We don't have to, by the way.
1: I I like going once a week because okay. it keeps me consistent. Okay, but just... I will say this though: I was just looking at some statistics regarding podcasts. The average length of a podcast <laughs> is six episodes. Oh, really? We've we, already yes. passed it, and this is going to be episode nine.
0: Hell yeah!
1: So, Dude! We are, I'm so proud of us. We are above average. Let me count you down here. Okay, one, two,
0: three. Welcome to Conversation On Tap, a new podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in the name of echo chambers and self-signation. Pull up a stool, pour a glass of tasty beer, and join us each week as we talk about all the topics that you were told not to discuss by company. My name is Joel. And I'm Jose. This week, we will be talking about music. Oh, yeah. But first, let's talk about what we have on tap.
1: <laughs> All right, Joel. Let's, let's clink now. So we are drinking the Kona brand, the Kona Brew. What is it called? Yep, Kona Lager. Kona Lager. This is the long board. It's pretty delicious and refreshing, actually. Yeah, super easy drinking. It's actually, it's been raining quite a bit here in Santa Maria. Kind of ugly outside, so I figured a nice Hawaiian lager would be a nice contrast to this kind of ugly day. Yeah, cue the Hawaiian music right there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been to this place on the Big Island, and it's got a super cool outdoor area. I think it's also where they brew the beer. I'm sure if anybody knows better than me, they might write in and bust me. But <laughs> great place to go grab a burger if you're in Kona, which is such a great place to visit on the Big Island. I think, though, that they were bought up by one of these big conglomerates. Damn. But it's still great beer. I really... I
1: I don't know, I I love this beer. I drink it all the time. It's nice and refreshing, you know, but the thing is it's really cold outside. So, yeah. You can actually hear, Joel started a fire so you can hear the crackling. I'm gonna take it over, microphone. Hopefully you're picking some of that up.
0: A little crackling. Mm
1: And now for the segment of our show that we call Fred Talks. In this segment of our show, Joel and I will each share one thing that we are passionate about for two minutes, though we tend to be a bit loquacious, so that isn't a strict time limit. This week, I'm going to be discussing Down Syndrome, right? It's not the most exciting topic, but so the other day was World Down Syndrome Day, and recently in the news, Iceland has been promoting itself as having pretty much eradicated Down Syndrome. And they've been kind of patting themselves on the back and um, through abortion or through exactly so ninety eight oh. percent of fetuses diagnosed with Down syndrome have been aborted. Yeah, so they have nearly eradicated Down syndrome through the process of abortion. So Patricia Heaton, who was famous for for her role as the wife in Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. She actually wrote an article about this, and she said, Iceland isn't eliminating Down Syndrome. They are just killing everyone who has it, <laughs> which sounds really brutal, you yeah. know? That's not how we want to, you know, we, sh- we should be looking for other ways to deal with, with um, individuals who have Down Syndrome. Yeah, I have a couple questions. Do Down Syndrome kids get adopted,
0: or are they put in homes? for the most part. Do you have any I don't have on any that? data on that. I mean, no. it shouldn't really matter, but if their life is going to be miserable when mm. they're given up for adoption, right. I mean,
1: I hope that there are mm-hmm. wonderful parents out there who adopt them. So I was going to mention this, too. So the week before World Down Syndrome Day, the Vatican actually convened a panel at the UN, and the panel released a statement condemning disability-based abortions as the greatest hate crime of this generation. Yeah, I kind
0: of... I kind of got to agree with that, even though it is, there's no doubt it's tougher to raise somebody with a disability. Can I just say that the most beautiful person that I have ever known, as far as just pure love and joy, is a Down syndrome boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, do you know any Down syndrome? I know people? one, yeah. And aren't they super loving? They, yeah. they lost one chromosome, and then I think mm-hmm. they gained a loved gene. Another loved yeah. one. Yeah.
1: But they also have this ability to bring people together. Yeah. So if you ever see families who have children um, with Down Syndrome... They're tight? They're really close, and they're loving they're loving families, I think, for the most part. But, yeah, this, um, There's always, obviously, exceptions, but... I... This Down Syndrome, um, he's... I always
0: thought of him as a boy because we mm-hmm. often think of them as a mental age, but he's now quite old and deteriorating as they often do in a yeah. younger age. and he was had a thing for dancing. And man, you know how we always talk in education how everybody's got their niche. Yeah, yeah. Everyone truly does. He helped me to realize that because that guy mm-hmm. could literally outdance. And I mean truly. Wow. I'm not just giving him uh, a leg up because he was Down syndrome. He was just a better dancer than everybody. And we would all stand around and, and watch him dance. He would be on the beat and just make you want to groove. Wow. He was beautiful. Isn't that and awesome? The people who know me, they know who I'm talking about, and they will nod their head right now.
1: And I, I think it's a good thing for these countries like Iceland and, you know, Canada has, has a similar, and other countries as well. A lot of advanced, you know, civilized countries have universal health care, which I think the United States needs to be working toward instead of, you know, backwards, as we've been doing recently. But, yeah, I agree. but then it can go too far, where it's, I think they're trying to save money by doing these genetic testings. Of women who are pregnant to see, like, well, is your child going to be, you know, suffering from Down syndrome or what have you? Yeah. Well, let's just abort it now. Yeah, there's something that's kind of creepy about that. I think to that's me. using science. So well, you know, kinda, science is so great, but then you're using it for, I think, yeah, not good That's hands. That's one of the bad uses of science, and it's yeah. a bit eugenic-y, isn't it? I totally agree. And I just want to um, quote a couple people here. One, St. Pope John Paul said, A society will be judged on the basis of how it treats its weakest members, and among the most vulnerable are surely the unborn and the dying. So I think those people who are suffering from Down syndrome, or maybe I think suffering might not even be the right word. You know, people who who are living with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. right, or families who mm-hmm. have individuals with uh, Down syndrome, maybe they aren't necessarily suffering, but they're definitely vulnerable right? Yeah. And we should be looking to no, take care of him. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that
0: I've been reading through a guy that I've always read throughout my life, Andrew Sullivan, who's sort of got right-leaning ideas, but then also very left. He's gay, um, Catholic, and he's been reading a book by, I think, and I, I'll come back and tell you what the book is later. You can edit this out, but I think it's by Pinker. And it it just it goes on and on about about how anybody who's a pessimist in this world is absolutely out of line because all trends are up, mm. wars are down, um, education is up, poverty is down across the world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If you're a curmudgeon in today's world, you're just out of it. Looking but myself. Sullivan brings up something interesting. He says, "Then why are people so miserable?" Mm. And some people are. And I think. This is sort of, this whole Down syndrome idea is pointing towards Mm. it. We are trying to make our world sort of sterile, you know? And and Down syndrome people are the antidote for that. They're joyful, you Mm -hmm. know? And they can bring the joy into our life. But they're messy! You know, we don't want that. Life is messy. Life is messy, and that's what's great about life. If you allow it to be messy, sort of, you Mm -hmm. know? And uh, Down syndrome people fit into that. I mean, they will definitely bring joy to your life. They will also bring you lots of heartache. We know Mm -hmm. that. It's hard to care for them, but,
1: man, they're just beautiful people. And the second quote I was going to read here was from St. Paul in 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. St. Paul wrote, God chose the weak of the world to shame the strong. Oh, I love that because like yeah. you were saying so many individuals with down syndrome are super talented with music or yeah. dance um, in so many ways. And they, they, they express joy and just innocence in a way that m- so many of us, you know, who don't have that um, handicap yep. just are lacking. Yeah. It's not. They put us to shame. Yeah. It's about their just general worth. Totally. So that's my Fred talk. Right, it's cool. right on. Thank you, Joel. All
0: yeah. right. On. I mean, let's give a toast to Down syndrome people are so fun, so cool. Definitely. Hopefully you've all met one or know one really personally. All right, so my uh, Fred talk is going to be about Fortnite. And I like to try to keep this short. (laughs) I... Kept on hearing about Fortnite, the video game, from so many of my students. I'm very worried that it's taking over the world right now, especially juvenile and adolescent uh, boys. Mm -hmm. Um, So I asked my three sons, what the heck is this all about? They said, Dad, come on, let's go watch YouTube. I find out that they actually watch as many YouTubes Mm -hmm. of people playing Fortnite as... They do play it themselves. So. Okay, so here's my son, He's who's expert. gonna tell us the um, basic rules of Fortnite. So, what what happens in this game? What is the very start of the game?
2: Start of the game, you're uh, you actually start in a lobby with all of the other 100 players that are playing at the moment, because it's real time, and then uh, you're all put into a into a bus, a flying bus, and then sent over an island, and you all parachute into the island. And, and how many people started? hundred people. Oh wow! And what's the object of the game? To kill each other. Nice. The last person alive is the winner.
0: Yes, yeah, for people worried about violence in video games, I didn't feel like it was really bloody and it, guts. There was no blood. Yeah, there's none, and so it's almost like you're killing an alien yeah, or something like that. So it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not as as gruesome as some can be to me. And I want to get your take on this, and your take on this, if you want to. I feel like it's a mix between it's Minecraft for sure. Yeah. Minecraft for sure, and help me out. The it's like, like Call God of Duty Star or something. Duty, yeah. Call of Duty. Thank you. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah,
2: that's, a, that's a good. Or Players in the sense. Battlefield. Yeah, there's another one. Okay. Okay, PUBG. that's a video I've I'm, yeah, I'm old. And I PUBG don't know. is the previous popular one. This new type of gameplay where you where there's many people, um, all trying to be the last one alive is called. Uh, Free Roll is one of them, and uh, there's another main game called PUBG, and it's, it's called Battle Royale. That's what was called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: So anyway, for all you guys that want to um, learn more about it, go online, and although this is an unrealistic view of of, um, Fortnite, watch a guy named Ninja, who is really ridiculously good, and is it true that he really does make millions of dollars a year? He
2: just got interviewed on CNN.
0: Did he say how much he makes? This is crazy to me. About half a million a month. Half a million, so he's making about six million a year. Yeah. But he's probably playing how many hours a day? Something like 18, probably. He says yeah, it sometimes. Like
2: 12, maybe. Yeah, 12, 12 what, to 18, he says. What do you
0: think that does he to his brain? A job. I mean, yeah, a good but job. people don't spend 18 hours a day at their normal job. That's what does that do to his brain? I'm, I'm just, just curious, curious.
2: like Dream, live, and think in that yeah, world. Yeah. You know?
1: But how do you monetize that? I don't understand how you monetize it that yeah. night.
2: How does that happen? YouTube and Twitch and advertisements and social media. You can make money on all of them. Dude, you realize we're going to monetize this podcast in, in a couple months I'll when people that. just yeah. flood to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I mean it's, I think he's he averages I think he's got 5 million subscribers on like most of his accounts and just having that alone gives you a regular income cuz yeah I mean be, can media. you
0: imagine never having a TV show that had 5 million viewers every day? I mean it makes perfect True. sense that he can make tons of money. So this is like
2: the new world. So he's got a YouTube channel and a Twitch account and, and a Twitch and Twitch I know is, Twitch is. a Twitch it's a new pretty new type of company it's attached to it's got an agreement with Amazon so Amazon Prime users can use it, mm-hmm. and they get a, like, percentage of the Amazon Prime, like, revenue because... Gosh,
0: what doesn't uh, Amazon have its fingers in? Is it,
2: like, woof on the office? <laughs> <laughs> it's close, I'd say. I don't know. Still think I connections with a lot of things. YouTube, too. <laughs>
0: That's so cool. All right.
2: but people have to pay to watch those videos instead of YouTube. So that's why that's a difference. Oh, to Twitch, so you have to have a membership to watch Twitch.
0: And so the other day, Ninja, Ninja was on with a partner. Who was the singer he was on with that you were showing? Drake. Me? And so they get on oh, with all goodness. these famous guys. Drake. And then that just was probably cool. super stoked to get on with Ninja. where well, you think it'd be the opposite? He's gonna
2: win because he's gonna win if he's on.
0: Right. He's gonna win for one, but also isn't Drake gonna make money off that?
2: Money and just yeah, get good free advertising or
0: whatever. Right. Oh, yeah. this is just this is a great sort of encapsulation wow. of the new world we're living in. But well. so
1: many of my students want to be YouTube famous.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And,
2: and Ninja dangerous. actually talked about that. He said how dangerous it is for students to like, or for kids to make that a goal in life because then they're just going to drop everything else and go yeah. for YouTube. Yeah. And it's becoming a pretty competitive like yeah. feel.
0: My oldest son is a roommate in college uh, mm-hmm. with a guy whose goal in life is to be a professional video game player and that's all he does. I don't remember if my son said he was failing at school, but I can't imagine wow. him doing well.
2: Scareball. Uh, I, I don't even have enough time in the day to play video games anymore. Yeah. I can't no. imagine. I just think how much is going to change with all the new technology and virtual reality games and yeah. oh yeah well, well like that one is- that one movies coming out uh,
1: ready player one yeah. oh, that's man. definitely the future. your whole life oh. is just a game
2: you escape the
1: horrors of reality I'm there because <laughs> I'm telling you it's fun
0: virtual <laughs> reality is fun and, and when it gets better and better it's gonna be oh, so man. easy man we're on the precipice of a real interesting time yeah I mean, I think that's going to happen in five, ten years where people are going to spend bolos of the time on, in virtual reality. Yeah, I can see that happening. Maybe more than half. Yeah. Alright, well, that's Fortnite. 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 Yeah. Thanks,
1: Thank you. guys.
0: All right. So we're going to dive into one of the great topics of all time, music. Uh, and what well, would like? can you, so the Taliban, they disallowed uh, music, right? I believe, and TV. Yeah. And, and many nutty, nutty cultures throughout the world, you know, culture is bad when they don't allow music and poor okay. people under them, man. So, um, music is almost magical. I agree. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a book called Your Brain on Music, and it's got drug-like effects. On oh, totally. One. We know that there's a huge connection between music and math and music and art and creativity. Mm-hmm. We were just talking around the um, dinner table the other day. My um, Kansas uncle was out, and my parents mentioned that to be an elementary teacher back in the day, mm-hmm. you actually had to learn to play piano. Really? That's how far we've gotten away from music in education. And and th- what a shame because, man, it would bring so much more joy to our lives if we really. all sing a song
1: once a day, right? Exactly. And we have some mutual friends who are teachers. And I think um, one of them in particular, he is, I think, like a fourth or fifth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. And he bought a classroom set of recorders. Yeah. That's the extent of music now. That's almost sad. Like, you're, you're buying recorders. when you, Back in the day, they would have, I'm sure, choirs, singing, piano, like you were yeah. saying. But. Yeah. We don't even
0: have music at El Camino for all those students. It's only if you're in band. But I absolutely want to see it for all students. Because I, I think for emotional health, and we're mm-hmm. talking more and more about emotional health, and we're getting more and more in, into it as
1: educators, well music's
0: definitely one of our tools and one of our medicines
1: for sure I think like you were saying about the research and the studies regarding music you know music releases those um, dopamine neurotransmitters right they make you feel happy from head to toe yeah but it also it has a has an effect on your um, Your brain, Mm -hmm. right? Like your brain is malleable, right? Your brain will grow. It's flexible. And music helps your brain develop gray matter, helps your brain to grow so it helps your processing your memory your learning yeah. i think also like emotional development as well oh heck yeah i love as a guitar player
0: how if you have mathematical music is when i found out that when i cut the string in half by pushing the string down exactly in half on a fret it's an octave away which is crazy mm-hmm. if you think about and an, and all the different um, intervals are very mathematical music. And that yeah. to me is it, like
1: the biggest connection between our right and left brain is yes. music, you know, I agree. Cause it, but We think of music as being just purely an art form, right? A yeah. creative expression. But you're right. There's that mathematical part where it's like, okay, I have to be in rhythm, right? So your yeah, mind is keeping rhythm. count. And like you were saying, your fingers have to, you know, be at certain patterns. And it, that's all, it's cohesive, the, the left and right brain, like you were saying.
0: Makes you use both, and like, have you ever had your kids just count out like funky beats just before a test or something? Like that? Oh yeah, yeah. That's a great way to get kids' brains moving. Um, I do it every year right before we do the what used to be called the Star Test. I don't even know what a Casp Test. I guess. yeah. And yeah, it's awesome. So let's just move right in. Um, let's go to some favorites. Do you have a favorite band?
1: I have so many favorite bands and so many I know favorite it's traditions. like picking your favorite kid. So really, it, so if I'm going to say my favorite, I'm going to have to go with Bruce Springsteen and the oh e Street Of band. course, Jose. <laughs> That's that's me.
0: I right. mean, I, if I look back and I didn't hear you say that, I know your passion for him yes. and so many other peoples.
1: He to me, you know, he he embodies that working class blue collar, mm-hmm. just average Joe American, right? Who's yep. putting in his time at work, doing what's right, looking out for his family, and he's just looking for now, a, a square deal, a fair deal. <laughs>
3: Sure
0: as the sun. Don't I know, and I've read many times you know, I hope you know this, that he's like the most, the nicest
1: guy. He gives oh, yeah. tons of stuff to charity. Mm-hmm. He does just amazing things in communities stuff like that. Oh, he's, yeah, he's super generous. But having said that, people will criticize him because he, his concert tickets are pretty expensive. Yeah. But that's not really his fault because he oh, yeah, especially when it gives it a large crowd. Yeah, gives so much of it away. Right. But he's an amazing Musician. I mean, he got started in the 70s, and mm-hmm. he's got this, like, gravelly rock and roll sound. And oh, yeah. He's famous for these epic, long, you know, songs that can go 10 minutes or more. And he's an amazing performer. I mean, I've seen a lot of his concerts on have YouTube, you really but I've never you, been. Oh, my god! Someday I want to go. So he but, recently
0: did a rock concert. Opera or comes, on Broadway, yeah. Yeah. And somebody got lucky and got tickets and um, was looking online and I think that they could have sold their tickets for five thousand bucks or wow. something like that. That's crazy. And he actually said, no, not gonna do it. I'm gonna go to this this op this rock I opera would. instead. And and you would too, huh? Oh, totally in Harpy. That's see that's the power of music right there. That's
1: craziness. But he so one of my favorite things about Bruce Springsteen is that in the 80s I believe it was 1984 yeah Ronald Reagan was running for re-election and he was using Bruce Springsteen's song oh yeah and Bruce Springsteen's like nope you're not using my song yep Which was is that born in the USA or? born in the USA yeah because they, so many politicians try to use it misuse it
0: They probably totally misinterpret what that's all about. What is it about? Do you know? So
1: basically it's this song about how people are getting screwed by this fantasy, this myth of American exceptionalism. Right, so it's oh, born shit, in the USA, said, right? That. That's cool to know. But people are getting caught up; they're being disposed of by the military-industrial complex. For mm-hmm. example, and they're going to Vietnam. Yeah, right. One of, the, one of the songs is so
0: that was facetiousness when he says "born in the USA." Yes, I never knew that.
1: It's and neither do the politicians who play it. <laughs> Obviously, they're like, yes, born in USA. But the song is uh, just like uh, it's facetious. Oh, that's totally. so funny. Like, you know, my my brother went to Vietnam. He went off. They put a gun in his hand. He went off to go kill the yellow man. Okay, now, this is weird for me because I'm so against this kind of interpretation. Born
0: in the U.S. It sounds so sarcastic now that I hear it, you know? Because it is. Which is crazy. That's what great musicians can do. They can actually make notes, sound sarcastic. Mm-hmm.
1: That's crazy. And so people are like, oh yeah, born in U.S.A., woo! But like, yeah, if you listen to lyrics, it's yeah. kind of a downer. All right, I got a question for you. Do you care about lyrics? Yes.
0: I... Know that of you, and I don't. Mm -hmm. If this is embarrassing, Uh if somebody was like talking about killing babies and stuff like that, and the music (laughs) was amazing, Uh I would actually surreptitiously listen to this in a dark corner. Wow. uh, That's one thing I just could care. It's about melody for you. yeah I love melody I love intervals uh, to me like when I read that book um, your brain on music mm-hmm. and please if you I, I got I should look it up
1: is it this is your brain on music yep by um, David J Lev- Levitson yeah so when I uh, read this
0: book your' this is your brain on uh, music by, uh, and thank goodness we brought this up, Daniel J. Levitin, great book. Um, I love what he had to say about what makes music great for most people. People love the repetition of music, but then people love the exact opposite, which is when musicians throw in something that is both beautiful and totally unexpected Like don't you love it in a song Maybe that you've heard for the first time Or whatever that just It's been going along with these repetitions And then suddenly it throw you something that is really beautiful And totally unexpected Like I didn't expect it to go there Whoa! Yeah. That, that's like life right When something oh. unexpected and beautiful happens We just love it and that's what makes it ethereal mm-hmm.
3: right I see a little silhouetto of a man Scaramouche, Scaramouche. Will you do the
1: that's why i love john williams music oh i mean yeah. that's classical music but we talked about him in our movies episode but oh, man all right
0: my favorite um band of all time is the uh are the creators of the theme song of our um podcast here the pixies and i would love to hear your answer to this question too i, I have i'm full of these questions Jose. i'm sorry uh what to you is like the ultimate characteristic of a great rock band? Like to me, like when I say rock, I'm not talking about Beatles-style rock, right, right. Or you like, know, Michael Jackson-style rock, which pop. is quasi-rock or pop rock, but yeah. like real hard rock. Springsteen's definitely rock.
1: Oh yeah, he kicks ass. Yeah. So,
0: is there? See, I'm putting you on the spot, so yeah. I'll answer that if you don't have a ready answer. But no, I have. A, I will, yeah. You're you're asking, asking, what, what
1: makes a song great? Yeah. What makes yes fun. exactly or a band or a song? Yeah. I think what makes a song great is there. I think the melody. There's got to be a catchy hook, Completely agree. That has to catch you, but it has to be something. I don't know if you can explain it though. It's it's all right. Just something hits you. I don't know. Okay, yeah, it hits you.
0: Here's this weird. I guess this weird philosophy that I uh, adopted after listening to the Pixies, which was dangerous for me. Because I found myself sometimes listening to them with earphones on. Mm-hmm. And I felt this total compulsion to slowly but surely keep on turning the volume up. <laughs> and I kept on turning it up. And uh-huh. it sounded better and better every time I turned it up to the... And like, what's that great uh, rock um, mockumentary?
1: Oh, Spinal Tap.
0: Spinal Tap where they say volume 11, right? Exactly. The numbers all go to... Eleven.
3: Look, right across the board. Oh. 11, oh, 11 and most of 11 the amps middle.
2: go up to ten. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's
1: one louder, isn't it? It's not ten. One louder. Why don't you just make ten louder and make ten be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to eleven.
0: Like, when I just wish so badly when I got to ten, I could. My ears were absolutely suffering, like wow. so many rock lovers. Right, right. And I just, and and so I had this this theory that the best rock bands mm-hmm. are the bands where you can you just want to keep on turning them louder and. Oh. F- and louder, and but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great about rock? So that is. rock. I mean, so my favorite genre is is rock, and, and right. maybe more specifically like the Pixies. alt alt rock, maybe Pixies, but just rock hard, freaking. So mm-hmm. like, and and I hesitate to say Pixies because, really, the great to me, the great rock band of all time is Led Zeppelin. Oh yeah, of I mean, yes. oh my gosh. Not only do you want to turn them up so loud, but they were so creative with their rhythms, with their music, musicianship. hmm Oh, gosh. I just I, – how can you ever say enough about Led Zeppelin? They're just freaking awesome. So good. We're going to go walking through the park.
1: So when I was in high school, my buddy and I, we would just jump into his car. We would put on the Ramones.
3: Hey, oh, let's go! Hey, oh, let's go! Ay! Hey, oh! Let's go! Ay! Oh! Let's go! The bob is straight out. You're going through a task one. Let's speak bubble. Oh
1: we would put hell on yeah. Punk rock, any like yeah. rancid, Dropkick Murphys, yep. and you know, what? And there we, we go. Last it, there we go, because mm-hmm. you
0: can't play it loud enough. And no. every 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 little bit louder is mm-hmm. just so much more visceral. Yes, right.
1: And we were those a- kids, right, with the windows rolled Hell all the yeah. way down. That's rock, black, man. Go to a, you pull up at the red light or a stop sign. You're pulling up next to some car, a yeah, little really mom rock. minivan with all of her kids. Yep. And you're like, yeah.
0: Yeah, punk rock, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it just feels rebellious. It's amazing.
1: And, yeah, but it has... It says the thing with music. It can, like, set a mood. Yeah, right, it has a way of, like, manipulating... I don't manipulating, I guess, but, like, just... Tapping into your emotions and yeah, so like because we
0: talked about what is the ultimate art form when we were in our movie episode, and we all said movies, and mm-hmm. I, I totally stay with that. But as far as mood forming, I think movie. I mean, movies are second place to to music. Yeah, because we already mentioned how
1: music. I mean, movies would be nothing without the music in them. Yeah, M- music makes the movies. Sometimes, mm-hmm. have you seen those things online? I should have. I should have had an example here, but have you seen those things online where they'll take. A clip from a movie with iconic music, but then they'll change out the music and it totally changes the mood. I see that, yeah. And so it's like, it's a scary move. It's just like scary moment, right? But then, like, they'll take the scary music out and then pop in some like really happy sounding music and it totally changes. Yeah, I would love that. Like Jaws.
0: I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, you're like, oh, this is fun. Jaws, I love it. (laughs) Oh, pretty little fish. Exactly. Yeah, music definitely messes with your emotions in a great way. Okay, um, so songs. Do you have a favorite song, too? I'm putting you on the spot, so I'll go first. Go first. All right, so music is also super nostalgic, right? Mm -hmm. And we generally love the music that we grew up as probably like five, six, seven, eight-year-olds listen to a lot and every morning, I used to have to drive all the way from uh, Eva Beach, Wahoo, to Waikua, which is probably at least half an hour. And so they would put on these pop or top forty stations every morning. And so I really love top forty from the seventies, from like the late seventies. And my favorite song comes from that era. It's Earth, Wind, and Fire, Fantasy. My kids now, my three sons, my wife, we will drop everything when we hear that song oh, and wow. just get together and just croon, man, when we hear that. And all my friends, mm-hmm. they know how much I love that song and, and just how beautiful. And it's just uh, an earth, wind, and fire. Oh, oh, yeah, man. They just rock. September, and that's Groove Tonight, and Boogie Wonder mm-hmm. Line. just get a great laugh look up Boogie Wonderland on YouTube and see what kind of
1: like crazy video it's pure 70s it's just golden that's funny it's hard for me to pick like a song no I know but I think ah okay so I'm gonna pick if I'm gonna pick a song I'll pick um Journey Don't Stop Believing. oh
3: hell yeah my brother
1: so yeah boom When I hear that song, I don't care what I'm doing. I start singing that song. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I've done that song for karaoke many times. Heck yeah. I love karaoke. Oh, I've seen you do
0: karaoke. And it's, it's, it's terrible. It's worth it. It is beautiful. I've seen you do karaoke, I think, with a Down Syndrome kid. Yes. Speaking of Down that Syndrome was... kids, and that's what's awesome about Down Syndrome kids. Yes. No, um, no
1: embarrassment. No fear. No embarrassment. No
0: fear. No embarrassment. I love so, it.
1: I won't I won't name his name, I guess, but um love this guy. He goes He was better than you. <laughs> totally. Way <laughs> better than me. No, it's true. He he used to go every Thursday for a karaoke night. Um but uh, yeah, he would do I'm too sexy. Oh yeah. It was amazing.
3: I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt, so sexy it hurts.
1: New York and Japan in- Every yeah. time he would do that song, but yeah. I would do know, "Don't Stop Believing,"
0: and I just it. But makes you know, I feel inspired. When I, I, told you I don't like lyrics, but mm-hmm. when lyrics hit, yeah, the way they do with that song and those that sentiment along mm-hmm. with that uh, melody, mm-hmm. oh man, that's
1: powerful. So to go back, I guess to lyrics, there's this one song by I guess this, the guy's name was Dozier. I believe, mm-hmm. and he was big for like a time in a season a few yeah. years ago, yeah. but he had a song called Take to Church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved that song when yeah. I first heard it, oh. but then when I listened to the lyrics, I was like, oh. It went sour. What was it it's, about? So see, it's about this this kid who's like, he sours on religion, I guess, Oh, but he like talks about people who are, who are, who are Christians or who are, you know, religious, I guess, as, like, their dogs Ouch. going for scraps. Or, like, I'm like oh, that's kind of... So you got sucked in by that
0: song just like the, the Republicans s- did with the <laughs> <free stings." laughs> but Yeah, but the ones I... But, see, I was at you Yeah, at least I you... Uh, to the lyrics. So I was like, oh. See, I wouldn't have cared. I would not have <laughs> cared. I still love that song, man. I just I think it's dead. I can't.
1: I hear it. I'm like, this melody is amazing. The guy's yeah. voice is so... Like, for a guy, you know, it's a beautiful voice, but it's. Yeah. I could not. The lyrics just turned me away.
0: No, no, no. So, do you have a favorite? Would you rock be your favorite
1: genre then? Or I think I think it's I think rock. I think we favorite. both said that. Yeah. So when I think about rock, like for me, it's like the holy trinity of like rock and roll. It's like Bruce Springsteen, Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Those three me right. are just amazing. So I love music, but I don't like. I love Johnny
0: Cash. Mm-hmm. I don't. I've never gotten into Dylan. Do really? you like Dylan? I love Dylan. I've never gotten into Elvis, Elvis Presley I either. Love I Elvis. know you love Elvis, so this is interesting. And so I used to be so snobby mm-hmm. about music until I realized that you know what, everybody's got their own deal. Yeah. And how can you ever poo-poo somebody?
1: You know, well, I've kind of poo-pooed like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. I know, but no, I'm I'm against but, that now. I totally
0: did in the past too, and I'm just against.
1: It. I'm like, good on you, good on you. But but you're right though. I mean, because I'm being kind of an ass. About that But like Look at Look at NSYNC Right mm-hmm. Boy band Right Bubblegum You look at that band NSYNC And I'm like Ugh They're so terrible I know But, but out we're... of NSYNC Came Justin Timberlake Oh yeah Who was absolutely I brilliant. completely forgot about that Yeah he's so He's like one of the best Musicians out there And God I'm Dancing too Oh yeah yeah, he's, and he's on Jimmy Fallon, SNL. Yeah, he's a talented. he's genius. But he came from that band that I'm like, right. kind of, eh. Exactly. Right? But exactly. he is a genius. Yeah.
0: So let's talk, uh, speaking of, of, like, derivation bands, mm-hmm. there is a great band that I love, speaking of punk also, earlier. Um, well, the band that I didn't totally like was the Minutemen, a punk band from the early 80s, I think. And then out of Minutemen, when sadly one of their members died, um, came a band that I just love, and and you know what I love about the uh, about Firehose is if you guys want to go listen to a band where the drummer can just play the fastest uh, thirty second beats, and the um, the bassist is crazy good go listen to fire hose it is kind of punky but they actually put in a lot of jazz too and and so hurley is the drummer and is the freaking most and he by the way rolling stone puts out a list of the great um whatever guitarists drummers singers and and hurley's always way up there and so is of course mike watt everyone who loves punk uh in the early '80s, knows about the Minutemen and Mike Watt. Mike Watt tours um, individually and is just holy sh- can that f- play the bass. Uh, it's just fun. Now, melody-wise, no, no, <laughs> that's just not punk. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. They just kick ass. And you cannot play it loud enough. I've never heard of them. Yeah, just go play um, "Flying the Flannel." With- the first cuss mm-hmm. it, which the guitar player I can't remember his name actually kicks ass in that song um, and for a slower um understanding is a really cool slow song which is sometimes when, when punk bands play slow songs they're really good because they get to oh, you yeah. know just concentrate more on, on the, the melody
1: I think yeah the Ramones actually uh, when they got older they're more seminal. talented more, when they got older and more talented they started playing slow songs yeah and they were so good <clears throat> yeah. like uh, needles and pins and whatnot. yeah, yeah. I saw her toot I
3: saw her face it was a face I
1: Absolutely. Yeah. They could they could croon sometimes. Yeah.
0: So do you have any non-rock genres? Do you ever listen to jazz or world music
1: or classical? Or- I have to admit that I'm actually not a big music fan. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty um, narrow in the genre that I listen to. Yeah. Um, my wife is totally eclectic. She's into reggae, country, rock, alternative. You go down the line. Yeah, no, She loves it.
0: Great conversations together. Yeah. Um, so a great genre for people who are guitar players out there. I really want you to um, at least explore Hawaiian music, especially the great guitar tradition of slack key. Um, Slacky guitar was because the span the Spanish um, paniolos the the Cowboys left or the um, Portuguese um, Cowboys left and the Hawaiians didn't know how to um, tune their guitars um, so they tune it however they wanted to. So there's all kinds of different tunings, and that's what slack key means. You, you, you slack in the key or you tighten the key. And so there's, all, you know, usually guitar is, you know, E, A, D, G, B, A with the tunings. But in Hawaiian music, it could be anything. They have, like, huh. hundreds of different tunings. And, man, it's just so beautiful. Some great slack key artists are Sonny Chillingsworth or George Kuo or um, Dennis Kamakahi. I love Dennis Kamakahi. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is my favorite. That is such a fun genre. If
1: you're talking about fun genre, I, I gotta go with um, Weird Al. <laughs> he's the great um, parody musical genius, yeah. right? And uh, we discussed this. You know, he recorded his first album. Another one rides the bus <laughs> in the bathroom at Cal Poly. Another one rides the bus. Uh. Another one rides the bus. Uh. And another comes
3: on. And another comes on.
1: And Cal Poly is the the Cal State University that's like about thirty minutes north. They love to claim him. They do. And this an engineering school, and he went for architecture, but he came out. This brilliant musician yeah. And you know He is so brilliant With his music He's so creative In taking the existing songs And rewriting the lyrics Yeah wow. That Mark Mothersbaugh Was like I hate that Who's Mark Mothersbaugh? He's from Devo Oh no way Is he the lead singer From Devo? Yes. Speaking of a great band And he was kind of The musical genius Behind Devo and he's Did like, he
0: ever do Whip It?
1: Did He did he... Whip It Did uh, Weird Al do with It? Uh, he did, but I can't remember what the song was.
3: Get your mojo working now. I'll show you how. You can dare to be stupid. You can turn the other cheek. You can just give up the ship. You can eat a bunch of sushi, then forget to leave a cat. Oh, that's
1: great. I'll have to to Uh listen to that. So, so actually, Weird Al did a parody of, like, Devo's musical genre itself, I guess, called Dare to be Stupid. (laughs) Dare to be stupid, right? And so, I guess Mark Mothersbaugh heard that song, and he's like, that's son of a... Like he's so good, like he's better than me. He took my own like musical style and did it good. better than me. Good for you, for giving credit, right? But it, he's done like you know like several Michael Jackson songs. Oh, yeah. He he took um, American Pie, and he he did um, the Is song. Is it as long? Tinnies. It's nine minutes. No way. Have to listen to that. It's the whole story of the Phantom Menace. Yeah.
3: Gonna be a Jedi. <laughs> So
1: it's so good. And he but what I love is every album he does, he does like a polka medley of oh, all yeah. the hits. Oh that's right, I knew that. And it's so good. That's like I just so think funny. of like so he'll take Lady Gaga, right? He'll take her songs and his doom real fast on the accordion. Oh no. Polka way. style. And it is brilliant. I love it. Oh, whoa, oh, oh can't read my,
3: can't read my no, he can't read of my poem Nobody can read can read my, No, he can't read him, my polka face. She's got to love nobody. Pop, 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 polka face, pop, pop, polka face. You know what else
0: is brilliant? Uh, vocal style is Led Zeppelin. Have you ever heard of Led Zeppelin Pokal st- no. style? Oh, it's great. That is so funny. Yeah, he's, he's
1: amazing. <laughs> so we kind of talked about this, but I kinda of wanna go back. Like, music has a way of like setting a mood, it has a way of like affecting our emotions. I kind of I like music, but music I always kind of look at as being manipulative. So I've always had this kind of, like, distrusted music in a way, Ooh. I guess. But um, I think at the same time, music has a way of, like, tapping into our because it's emotional tapping into our memories. Yeah. And so so music can sometimes be associated with different things. Absolutely. So do you have any memories, any events in your life that you associate with songs? So I already mentioned the, um, seventies pops, uh,
0: pop hits. When we though traveled across the country in a VW van, when I was in fifth grade, my dad is a, a Baroque lover hmm. and, And, of course, back then when I was in fifth grade, I wanted to be cool, so I was yelled at my dad, turn that off! But he played it so much, and we only had, like, five cassette tapes, that I grew to love it like anybody would whenever you listen to something on and on and on. So now I'm a total Bach lover. I love Johann Sebastian Bach because my dad is just a full-on Bach. He actually goes to all kinds of seminars and stuff on Bach, and I just love them to to death, and um, and Handel and Pachelbel, and you can, I can go on and on about all these Baroque um, classic, classical um, composers, mm-hmm. and and then. The other thing that he, if anybody kind of wants to get into classical music, this is what he played for us kids in the in the VW bus on the way across the country in a VW band mm-hmm. uh, all the way to D.C. It's called Benjamin Britten's Young Person's Guide to the Orchestra. And it's so cool because wow. it's, a, it's a, a guy named Purcell's um, theme mm-hmm. from one of his great pieces that um, Benjamin Britten picks apart and... With each instrument, does the theme in different ways. Where my dad would be like, okay, so what instrument is that? Oh, that's the oboe. Oh, what instrument oh, cool. is that? Oh, that's the French horn, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just so cool. But man, at the end, it just builds and builds into this total goosebumpy crescendo mm. that everybody who knows the song just knows exactly what I'm talking about with these trombones that are so freaking loud and gnarly and just, it's just fun. It's a fun song, epic song, exactly. For anybody that wants to get their kids kind of into classical music, that's Uh, the way. That is the way to go. uh... For
1: me, Songs like, um, like the '60s kind of protest music. Oh, yes. Growing up, you know, with my grandmother, she would play those songs. And then when I was a little kid, the age where she could still hold me, she would pick me up and we would dance to these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, she had her. She would put her records on the record player. But I, more record player. <laughs> I know, right? So Love. she'd get these huge, you know, records and put them on the turntable or whatever. it's <laughs> called yeah, I mean, no, you got you know. it. But um, more recently, though, you know, when, when my wife and I started dating, you know, she's all into music, and she's all... When we started dating, I was into her, like, reggae phase. So she'll go through seasons. Yeah. Right? So she, I think right now she's kind of, like, in a country music phase. And yeah. She'll go that's like so a, cool. So then she'll kind of cycle back. Yeah. But when I met her, she was in her reggae phase. Nice. Right? And so she got me all into these bands, like... Um, Iration,
3: oh dear, deep devotion, at least as deep as the Pacific Ocean. I wanna be on.
1: Secrets,
3: I'm out in my heart. i harder to.
1: Yeah. Um, Ziggy Marley, but then one band in particular called Soja. All new. I felt my knees get weak, my heart went crazy. I felt some yes and no. Why even felt some maybe? I climbed a mountain top, I swim the ocean too. Get down on my knees only if it was for you. So, then so whenever I think of Whatever I hear that song, I think of when we first started dating, and I kind of have oh, yeah. those emotions of... Oh, yeah. ...into butterflies. And love that. that. Oh, I love how music does that. It just kind of takes you back. It's like a time machine.
0: Yeah. You know? They say that scent does that the most, but I'm not sure it's not music, you know? Oh, it's
1: got me music, too. Yeah. When I smell diesel, it takes me back to <laughs> a little kid chasing yeah. the ice cream truck, you know? Yeah, right. For sure, but... Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things where music just has this way of tapping into your soul, I think. No doubt. Man. It is. Um, if life gets tough, it's
0: one of the doors. Yes. You know, it's definitely one of the doors. You gotta cling to it. With my mother in law dying, music was such a huge part of our celebrating her life. Mm-hmm. You know, we we, we made it because she was in the choir and she was in the the bell choir. And my wife um, wanted to celebrate that aspect of her, so we all played music at her at her celebration of life. And man, and wow. we made it so special. Bunch of Hawaiian music. It was just it was great. Yeah. And and, and you know what? Is there any way is there any better way to like celebrate somebody or an occasion or a big moment in life than write a song? You know, true. Yeah. But well, so the great music comes from those moments.
1: Definitely. And, you know, I whenever I leave this earth, <laughs> hopefully way, way in the future, um, God willing. I would love for there to be, like, Amazing Grace yes. on bagpipes. I mean, that's not going to happen, bro. No, hell yeah. I'm going to make play it happen Joel. if I'm still here. Make it not happen. Not that I can play that, but make no, I,
0: I think that's huge. Isn't because it amazing? You know what you want to, to have happen is somebody else to get those goosebumps that yes. music provides, that you know? That
1: feeling of, like, wow. This yeah, yeah, is yeah a exactly. deep moment or this is, yep. you know, a special moment. Yeah. No, I hear you. I'm,
0: I'm right with you. I think,
1: I think music can do that. And you
0: know, for me, it'll be fantasy. It really yeah. will. Cause those were I'm serious. Even though it's a funky, uh-huh. weird soul song, which has like sort of new agey like connotations. I just yeah, fantasy. Play it at my yeah. funeral. Play it. Oh.
1: So this is the segment of our show where Joel and I each share one thing that we've been listening to or reading this week. All right. So, Joel, what have you been listening to or reading this week? All right. So this is cool because
0: we're on the music episode. Uh, I think that the Decembrists have just come out with a new album, and it is I'll Be Your Girl. In fact, I know that's the case. Um, I haven't listened to it yet, but I love the Decembrists. And if you guys want to – Listen to a great, sort of a folky alt band. Um, here are some good tunes to, to look up. Um, Valencia is great, um, Eli the Barrow Boy is great, and The Engine Driver.
3: Uh... And
0: are all three great folky ways to start on this band. So they just came out with a new album, and I can't wait to listen to it. They're just so good. And, you know, we talked about melodies. This guy, um, I think it's Connor Malloy or Colin Malloy, is such a good melodist, if, that is, if that's a word. Um, he comes out with just beautiful melodies. One thing about the Decemberists that everybody should know about is, I don't care about lyrics, but... I guess I kind of care about December's lyrics because he tells a story, a historical story, in almost all of his songs. So he'll tell about like a Spanish uh, lover, uh, uh, Duke, and and the uh, poor girl that he was supposed to marry, or a cold uh, a carrying poor person from London, or he'll talk about um, somebody working on um, power lines, and it, it, they're all such fascinating songs, but please don't, if, if Lyrics turn you off? Don't not listen to them because really their music is forefront.
1: Well, that's awesome. I, I've heard of them, but I've never listened to them. Yeah, you'll, you'll. I think you'll like them. I got to check them out. And this week I've been reading a book. I've been reading it for a little while though um, on my um, iBooks. And it takes me longer to read books on my phone. I don't know why. It's just harder. Yeah, smaller. I, I don't, I don't know why that is. But. I've been reading a book by Father James Martin, who is um, a popular Jesuit priest. He's followed on Facebook, on Twitter. He's been kind of controversial because he came out with a book called Building a Bridge Between the LGBT Community and the Catholic Church. And so, but he's also been, um, he's also done a lot of very spiritual. Books And one of them I've been reading right now is called Between Heaven and Mirth. Love this book. So in the the book, he talks a little bit about how so much of Christianity today has kind of um, fallen away from incorporating humor and joy into the spiritual life. They've made it so serious. Ah, good for him. And he's like, we need to reclaim the humor, right? And we all need to have a sense of humor in life, right? So one of his lines is, people who are deadly serious are sometimes spiritually seriously dead. Right, on. right, and we need to reclaim the joy of life, and that that includes sometimes poking fun at religion, right?
0: Yeah, being
1: a little irreverent, or sometimes poking fun at ourselves. Like I'm very self deprecating, I think, which annoys people at times. But no, that was recently said
0: to be. In a study, like, one of the signs of a, um, I guess, a, I don't know how you measure a person who's more um, sort of self-aware and more mature, uh, but that is definitely one of them. Somebody who basically gets into less trouble in
1: life. (laughs) Right. Well, that's what he talks about, is people who have the ability to be self-deprecating know themselves. Exactly. Right? And they have, they don't have such a big head, right? They're not so prideful that they can't even poke fun at themselves. And that's kind of how I am. For me, like being involved in the union, I'm department chair, I'm on leadership, I do all these things where there's a possibility of my head getting big or my ego getting big or my pride getting big. It's a way of like popping that uh, balloon before I get, you know. Yeah. I think that
0: every person that is self-deprecating in their job, I'm way more likely and I think most people are way more likely to follow those type of people because they realize
1: they have their head on screwed, right, you know? Right.
0: You don't want somebody who's prideful and is a
1: total douchebag. Just yes. edit that out. And so that's what Father James Bond talks about is religion can get too prideful. How cool serious would it be? Mm-hmm.
0: To listen to Jesus' jokes. We would the only problem is we might actually die from so, laughing. No, I'm serious.
1: Yes. You he know, talks that about that. Awesome. He talks about it in the book. You know, the people who wrote the Bible didn't really include the jokes of Jesus'. No, but hell, you but know, you, Jesus told great jokes. But even that's some fun of to the, think about, right? Even some of the things that he says, we might we read it and we're like, yes, the word Ooh. of God, right? But at yeah. the time it was actually funny.
3: The problem is that we've heard some of these stories so many times that they cease to be funny to us. We overlook the humor.
1: No way. It's so, so like the idea that... Can you remember any of those stories? Uh, so like one of them was like the idea that you would point out the speck in someone else's eye oh, right. when you have a, like a log yeah. in yours. no, that like, is that funny. was funny.
3: Yeah. Take the story of Nathaniel in the Gospel of John You'll remember that Nathanael hears that Jesus, the Messiah, is from Nazareth. His friends say, we have found the Messiah, it is Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathanael says, can anything good come from Nazareth? Now that's a little bit of a dig at his town. But what does Jesus say to the person who makes a little bit of fun of his hometown? He doesn't castigate him or send him away. Jesus says, now there is an Israelite without guile. In other words, there's a guy I can trust.
1: Right? Ah, nice, because they're so frank, right? Yes. Yeah. And so he has these moments that are so funny. But that is we, funny. I never we, thought of it that way. We read these words with such seriousness that yeah. we miss the humor. Ah, that's so cool. It's a great, what a great book. book. It's right on. So good. Sweetness. Hang on, well, tell me one more na- uh, one more time his name. So that book is um, "Between Heaven and Mirth" by Father James Martin. I would actually that that when you're done with that one, or is it on your phone? It's on my phone. But oh, okay. I bought it for like two bucks on my. Okay, iOS, right on. So right on. Super. That sounds fun. Cheap.
0: That sounds like a really interesting subject for me. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us this week on our humble little podcast. You can do us a huge favor by subscribing to our show wherever you listen to podcasts, such as Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, or iTunes. And be sure to rate our show and leave a review. Your rating will help others find this show. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram. at conversations on tap. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.